Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Tuesday, November 6th. Coming up, standardized test scores have become a hot-button issue in this year's school board races in Kansas. But that's not entirely new. Testing has long been controversial. There are people who swear by it and people who swear at it. Uh, And they're both right. Because a lot depends on both the context and the uses. We'll hear how Kansas students are doing on the test and what that actually tells us. But first, some headlines. Newly uncovered records reveal that multiple Kansas officials had advanced knowledge of an August newspaper raid that sparked international outrage. KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV has more. Reporting by the Kansas Reflector found that several state agencies, including the Kansas Bureau of Investigation and Department of Revenue, allowed or actively endorsed plans for police to raid the Marion County record. The Reflector obtained emails and police documents that contradict statements made by officials after the raid, an event that likely violated state and federal laws. Marion County Record Editor Eric Meyer said that the public should be concerned such police behavior was approved. I mean, there's always a potential you're going to have one rogue somebody in a system. But to get it all the way through a system that's supposed to have safeguards. The police chief who led the raid, Gideon Cody, has since resigned and is facing a civil lawsuit. Three people died early yesterday morning from carbon monoxide poisoning in Kansas City. KCUR's Sam Zeff has more. The Kansas City Fire Department said a gas generator inside the home killed the three males ages 42, 36, and 14. Several devices were plugged into the generator when first responders entered the house on East 12th Terrace. Neighbors said the three just moved into the home a week ago. Kansas City Police say there was no foul play. Online records turned up no serious code violations at that address. The Kansas court system continues to operate despite being offline for the last month after a security incident. In Sedgwick County in central Kansas, clerks have been operating on paper since a likely cyber attack impacted the court's online docketing system. Chief Judge Jeffrey Gehring says while the paper system is slower, he doesn't expect delays for trials. This experience has shown us that we need to have Certain areas beefed up, certain security protocols beefed up. I'm positive that that's what will happen. An investigation continues into the security incident. Court officials have yet to give a timeline for when the system will come back online. General Motors has reportedly committed to a big investment at its assembly plant in Fairfax near downtown Kansas City, Kansas. KCUR's Frank Morris reports. The plants faced multiple shutdowns. Cars built there aren't as profitable as trucks and larger SUVs. GM's plans to expand electric vehicle production have never included Fairfax. But now, the United Auto Workers says GM has committed to investing close to $400 million in the plant for future electric vehicle production. GM wouldn't confirm the investment. The details and timing are unknown. But one knowledgeable industry source says GM has agreed to make a substantial investment in its Kansas City, Kansas plant. We'll be back after this. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? 
text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Candidates for school board seats in Kansas have repeatedly brought up state standardized test scores in advance of today's election. Mostly conservative candidates have pointed to falling scores as proof teachers are spending too much time on social-emotional learning and interpersonal skills, and not enough time on reading, writing, and math. KCUR's Madeline Fox sat down with education reporters Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service and Jody Fortino of KCUR to talk about whether scores really are falling and what the exams can and can't tell us. So, Suzanne, students take a lot of tests. What is this particular test and what does it measure? Well, the Kansas State Assessment tests are given uh, to all kids. First of all, it's mandatory, and every uh, child from third grade through eighth grade takes these tests every spring. They measure um, their knowledge and skills against the set of state standards that's developed by teachers. Now, these spring tests are given uh, for third through eighth grade, and then uh, once again in high school, um, English language arts, math, and science. I spoke with Neil Kingston, who directs the Achievement and Assessment Institute at the University of Kansas. This is the group that develops and designs these tests. And he says standardized tests have always been pretty controversial, and this state test is really no different. Uh, There are people who swear by it and people who swear at it, Uh, and they're both right, because a lot depends on both the context and the uses. And what does the data tell us about how kids are doing on these tests? Well, the test scores have been going down, and that started pre-pandemic. There have been a lot of concerns about uh, how Kansas kids are doing on these on these assessments. Uh, but, you know, several years back, um, there were some concerns. The test scores were really high, and there were some concerns at the state board level that the bar was too low. Too many kids were scoring in the upper echelon of the test. So in a- around 2015, 2016, there were some major adjustments made to the test, and that really affected the scores. Now, when, you, when kids get their test scores back, the, they are are on uh, one of four levels. Level one is basically below grade level and pretty much not on track for college and career. Level two is uh, on grade level, but maybe needs some work to get to uh, college ready. And then three and four are the upper levels. And Jody, what are some of the drawbacks of this test? (laughs) I spoke with Scott Rothschild, a spokesman for the Kansas Association of School Boards, and he said that, you know, one of the reasons that we see a huge emphasis on these state assessments that, you know, they're thought of as an objective annual look at how students are performing across all these subjects. But, you know, one of the drawbacks is, is that they don't measure a lot of the things that we do emphasize teaching inside schools. Uh, The ability to rebound, uh, the ability to recover, uh, the ability to work well with others. Uh, cooperation skills, the so-called soft skills or the skills that employers really look for, you know, the ability to work uh, on a team uh, and the ability to to share ideas and and things like that. These tests don't test that. Uh, They are very, they test English, uh, they test math, and they don't test a lot of things that Kansans tell us are important That's why the Rothschild says parents that are interested to see how their students are doing need to look at different measurements to get a clearer picture. 
What is having one annual test that people use as a benchmark? What kind of pressure does that put on the state and on teachers and students? We're seeing it come up a lot in these recent school board races in Kansas. It's become one of the new conservative talking points to talk about how academic rigor is lacking in school districts, even in some of the most high-performing ones in the state, like the Blue Valley School District or the Shawnee Mission School District, linking that these lower academic scores are tied to an increase in diversity initiatives in schools. And, you know, Jody. uh as our reporting often shows, it's not just uh, politicians and lawmakers who are, or teachers who are feeling the pressure. Sometimes it's really the kids themselves. You know, I spoke with Cal Siebenmark, and he teaches fourth grade in a Wichita elementary school. He says he tries to explain to students that they won't know everything on these assessments. They're just not designed that way. But kids still feel a lot of pressure around these tests. When students have, have read through something and they don't understand it, and then they have to do it 24 more times, I think that can can lead to some frustration and ultimately hurt the kid long term. Jody, you mentioned that parents shouldn't just look at the test scores. What are some other measures of student success? Yeah, Rothschild really pointed to graduation rates because, you know, being the whole goal of K through 12 is to get you to that point where you do graduate. The high school graduation rate is critical. And on this, Kansas is really doing a good job. We're at 89%. That's very high when compared with other states. We've increased it significantly over the past 10 years, and we've increased it in all the subgroups. But beyond just graduating, because even if graduation rates are high, you could argue we're graduating students, but maybe they're not ready for the next step. And so that's why he says to look at, you know, measurements for post-secondary success, whether that's getting certification, whether that's getting a degree, those kinds of indicators that students are being successful even beyond high school. Also, uh, some of the Republican representatives and senators uh, met recently to talk education and the test scores and exactly how to interpret them and how kids are doing was a huge topic of conversation. And, And some of the Republican leaders say it's absolutely fair to have this test and to use this test to see how students are doing, that it's really one of the only accountability measures we have that's completely objective. They also point to the fact that it is designed by teachers. So these are standards by which the teachers of Kansas really want their students to measure up. And so they really point to the Kansas assessment as a, a legitimate uh, one-stop shop, so to speak, about how to how to judge how students and teachers and schools are performing. So obviously we're hearing a lot about test scores in Kansas now. What are you expecting next? Well, you know, we have lots of school board races around the state. And as Jody mentioned earlier, test scores and uh, student achievement in general are just really high up on the list of issues being brought up in those races. So that will be interesting to watch. And then in just a couple months, the Kansas legislature meets again in Topeka. Uh, Expect there to be lots of education talk once again, lots of different policies being proposed. And that means uh, a lot of talk around these test scores and just how how good or bad they are. That was KCUR's Madeline Fox and Jody Fortino and Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service.
This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Anna Schmidt, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can read more about test scores at kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. If you want to support our show, please review us on your favorite podcast platform. It helps us get the word out to potential listeners. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.